What up, guys? Your boy Quake back with a brand new episode of the Diverse Mentality Podcast, number 206. And we got some crazy stories as usual. I was going to do the Nas Magic 2 album review, but I'm still trying to format how to do these album reviews. I think I'll talk about the album towards the end. I did go live uh, listening to the album, you know, uh, and gave my like first listen reactions. So I probably will do a review later on. Um, I don't know. I'm going to decide once I'm done with the podcast. I don't know. I don't have a specific format. I think I'm just going to do my favorite three songs, my favorite three weakest songs, and then give a rating. Uh, I already know which ones I kind of want to do. And then I think down the line, I'm going to refine it better than that. I'm probably going to go more deep into the lyrics, stuff like that, and just kind of compare, you know, especially if it's uh, sequels like this, you know, because the Magic One came out, I believe, in 2021. Could be wrong about that. Could be right. Um, so, because Nas has been on like this crazy five album run, like in the past three years, some crazy stuff like that. So, uh, let's get into the news. Now, as you guys know, if you guys listen to the podcast, you guys know that I am typically against AI music. And, you know, I've, I've kind of stated the reasons why it's not real. Somebody else is writing the lyrics. Um, it doesn't sound organic, which that will be fixed as time goes on because, you know, AI is just going to get better and better. And on top of that is just, I don't know. I feel like you got the real artist. It can get really dangerously bad as time goes on. You know, labels could could pretend like, oh, this is what this artist wrote when they were alive, so we're just going to release this posthumous album because this is what they made and just lie their way through it just so they can, you know, milk artists a lot longer. And then you got the whole writer's strike going on right now in Hollywood where writers are you know, against uh, corporations using AI. Corporations are, are going down this path of using someone's likeness, you know, like literally their, their image, their copyright and their, their likeness, their voice, everything. And to be able for them to own it and use it even after the person passes away, which is very freakishly weird. You know, I, I, you know, I can understand the benefits of it, but I personally wouldn't want to see a movie that, you know, let's just say Jackie Chan, right? passes away and they they revive him at 40 years old in his prime doing all these crazy stunts um that's not what he wanted that's not his vision you know like a lot of these actors they have to prove these scripts you know if they want to actually be in the movie so that's what i mean i don't i don't like it. it has nothing to do with actual person a lot of ai but and here is the but that i didn't think uh would exist because i didn't this didn't come into my mind at all this didn't this wasn't even a thought and this rapper brought it to the forefront and I like what he's planning on doing with AI. So Beanie Siegel is exploring the use of AI to bring back to bring bring back bring back his voice. Because right now Beanie Siegel's uh struggle with a lot of different like health issues. It's ruined his kind of uh strength in his vocals and his voice. So AI can assist with that. And automatically, you know, I fuck with Beanie Siegel a lot, but automatically the first person I thought of with this is the DOC. You know, he only had one debut album. He's a big what if in hip hop. Great writers wrote for, you know, Snoop Dogg. A lot of insane aftermath artists has always contributed ideas. He lost his voice after the car accident that he had. So this is very interesting. So let's go over the article. Uh, Beanie Siegel is exploring the use of AI to bring back the gruff vocal tone that he lost when he was shot and almost killed back in 2014. So, yeah, it did have to do with, you know, obviously the shooting, stuff like that, but he also had health issues that I remember him talking about in, a, in uh, the podcast that kind of messed with his voice. 
So yeah, that obviously is a huge role in that. On Tuesday, July 18th, the Philly MC stopped by the DJU TV podcast where he revealed he'd been working on a new project and that he'd been deploying the controversial new technology to help him finish it. That's what he said. I've got a new project coming soon, and I think I found a good friend with this AI thing. Yeah, a lot of people frown on AI, but I think it's going to work for me. He continued and said, it's definitely for me. Y'all want what they say, the old beans back, because the pen's still there. Uh, back in April, Beanie Siegel opened up about the gory 2014 shooting that nearly cost him his life and forever altered his voice. Though initially thought to be a deliberate hit on the rapper's life, Vlad TV revealed that it was the wrong place, wrong time situation, which provided a springboard for Beans to go in detail about the incident. Uh, he said, I got shot in my back. After elaborating, the ambulance took him to the hospital. I got shot twice in my back. It came out of my stomach. I was in a coma. So when I was coming out of it, I had breathing tube down my throat. So when I first woke up out of the coma, I didn't know where I was at. And I pulled the breathing tube out, so I tore my shit in my throat. And I had staples in my stomach, so when I was yanking, I couldn't get it out. It made me gag. I almost bust out all the staples in my stomach. It just opened up. That's nasty. Oh, damn. I don't like gory blood in, like, hospitals, man. I get lightheaded, and just seeing it is just disgusting for me. That's, like, my weakness. That is one thing that, like, I just go in a hospital. If I smell, just to smell, it smells like death in there, man. And I know it's all these cleaning chemicals, and it just, ah, just, yeah. So just hearing that is just nasty. Um, you know, glad he made it through the situation. I thought it was through health, because I know he's, he was facing some health uh, issues as well. I know Freeway's facing them as well. So I could have swore something with health. Maybe, I'm, maybe I am mixing it with Freeway. I might be tripping. But um, this is a great case use for AI, because this is actually the artist. This is actually the person. This is the person writing. This is the person's vision. This is exactly what they want. This I am totally fine with. This is this is what AI can be used for as a partner, not something to replace the person or to keep the person's legacy going by making fake songs of them that don't exist. You know, so this I am totally for. Like I said, the instant my thoughts was DOC lost his voice long time ago because of the car accident. Now he can literally like. I'm sure it's going to bring tears to his eyes because they can just take his old voice from the album, put in the AI algorithm. AI will start to come up with the voice. You know, obviously needs to be fine-tuned a little bit, but that is, that is, you know, that's the greatness of this. That is something that like, okay, you know what? I can get behind this. I will support an album like this because it is the artist is alive. It's their vision. There's no label trickery bullshit going on behind the scenes. I'm 100% for this. I never even thought, like, this never even came into my mind as as a tool that can be used. Uh, I don't like old, you know, like uh, Timbaland was using AI to get uh, old uh, artists back alive, like Aaliyah, and work with Biggie. And No, I disagree with that. Once they're gone, they're gone. Leave it at that. We got to stop trying to play God and trying to, you know, extend our lives to two, three hundred, four hundred years or, you know, try to avoid death or try to bring dead people back alive. We have to stop playing that role of God. We are not that. At least that's my point of view in it. I disagree with it fully. I'm not, you know, people have sent me AI versions of songs, and I just do not fuck with it. I'm not for it. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll keep my eye on this, man. I want to see how Biggie, I mean, not Biggie, <laughs> Beanie, uh, you know, does this. How does he execute this? Will this be the blueprint for something to come in the future? Well, the DOC, you know, because I know the DOC tweeted about it. I think someone tagged him in this beanie thing. Let me see if I can find the tweet. That'll be actually interesting because I know he tweeted about it, and I think he might even explore it, to be honest with you. 
going through his tweets right now. But, you know, uh, can we get it, a doc album with Dunn AI? Ain't no telling, like Jack told Helen. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, here's the clip. Let me actually play the clip for you guys so you guys can hear. I actually got the clip right here, which they don't have it on here. They have the full interview. So let me see. Let me connect it to the Bluetooth. Let me play the clip for you guys quick. Little project coming soon. Okay. I think I found my best friend. I think I found a good friend with this AI thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, a lot of people frown on AI. But I think that's going that's going to work out for me. Yeah, I had a colorful life, so I've been through through things that hindered my. So you finna say the AI got you sounding like beans back then? Yeah, that's what you saying? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Real soon too. Okay, that's crazy. Yeah, yeah the AI, the AI finna be a game changer, a life changer, right? Yeah, it's what it's definitely for me. Like a lot of people that I've seen, they be frowning upon it. Like I'm like, oh, so. How can I use that? So I was talking to somebody and they told me how you uh, program the AI, you run the vocals through there. So y'all want that old, what they say, the the old beans? Because the pen's still there. It's just the voice. So if y'all want that, man, I'm going to shoot y'all something, man. So I'm going to use AI on myself. See, that? that's what I'm saying. That is acceptable. He's still the pen. He's still using. He's still writing his shit. It's him approving it, you know. And this is the perfect, perfect, and beautiful example. So I hope the DOC does the same thing. And I can't think of any other artist that lost their voice. Shine, shine. He didn't really lose his voice, but he does sound different. If he wanted, if he wanted to, a lot of artists change their voice too, you know, over time. You know, Lloyd Banks has shifted his voice. Some people don't like his newer voice. Some people like his older voice. So that could be another thing where, like, if the, you know, as as the age gets, you know, further and further, some people like the earlier artist's voice versus the later artist's voice. So that could be something that if the artist is alive and wants to deliver, you know, like, I don't know, like Eminem, for example. Right now, the flow is different flow, but like the early 2000s, Eminem sounded totally different. You know, I don't know if that's just Eminem playing with his voice right now. We don't know if that's actually, you know, the route that he would uh, he would go or if he's just trolling or what he's doing. He's just trying different things out. But that would be another example, like voices that have changed over time that you would like to hear when they were younger, you know. So I'm all for that as long as the artist is alive, as long as the artist approves it, as long as the artist is working with it, I'm for that. I'm against it when, you know, the guy's totally gone. You know, the artist is completely dead, gone, has no input on anything that I'm against. Um, I'm not against posthumous albums if the material is already recorded because that material is there. I'm not against that. I think that that's fine because that's still the person, the artist. That was their, it wasn't their probably complete vision. You know, there's songs that were incompleted for a lot of posthumous albums, but, you know, it was something from them there that was real. So that I'm cool with as well. But yeah, just cool, man. Very cool story. Very positive twist for AI because I was seeing a lot of negative things. So I'm all for this, like I said. Shout out to Lil Wayne, man. Always giving props to his fellow peers and artists and even artists in the past. Always being humble and respectful. There's this dope thing that New York Times did for hip-hop's 50-year anniversary where they interviewed 50 different rappers 
and basically asked them how they got their start in music or what was a moment in their life that really impacted them. Lil Wayne talks about the first time he got to work with Eminem, and this is what he had to say. I was scared, actually, when I called Eminem for a song. That is a monster. He must have the same thing I have with words. Like, we can't get them out of our heads. Every meaning, every aspect of them, things that rhyme, we hear it. I already know the gift, the curse that he has. And I love to hear the way he puts it together. He continued and said, when I was on The Tonight Show, I was playing Pictionary, and my thing was Harry Potter. So I drew a pot, and they got that. I drew a man with a face, and I put a bunch of hair around him. They were like, wait, he's Harry. I'm like, yeah, Harry Potter. We plan our words at all times. That's interesting coming from both very lyrical artists and the fact that, you know, Lil Wayne shows humility and says, hey, you know, Eminem is a monster. I was really scared to work with him. He might wash me on a track. They've done two tracks together officially. The first time was the Drop the World track, which is off Lil Wayne's Rebirth album. I fucking love that track. And then the second one is No Love off Eminem's Recovery. Both are fire tracks. I'm glad they finally collaborated because uh, Lil Wayne at that time was at his peak. And Eminem, even on Recovery, revealed that, you know, uh, he was always he was almost going to diss Lil Wayne, Kanye, and anybody else that was at their peak because he felt bad about falling off himself around that time due to drug problems. So I think they should collab a lot more, man. I would love to hear more music from Lil Wayne and Eminem. Which song is your guys' favorite? Drop the World or No Love? Let me know because to me, it's Drop the World. I love No Love, but Drop the World to me just has this crazy energy to it. I think it's inspired because of that rock album that Lil Wayne was... Uh, you know, making at that time rebirth. So to me, it's dropped the world, but I love no love as well. Kodak Black is working with 6ix9ine. Yes, Kodak Black is working with 6ix9ine. It's got a lot of people upset. Uh, let's, the song is out. I like the song. But the interesting thing about the song is that Kodak is actually essentially dissing 6ix9ine on his own song. Now, what do I mean by this? Uh, well, let me. Let me go over some of the lyrics. He's actually dissing Anuel AA, which is that uh, Spanish artist. Anuel AA, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but he is dissing him on there. Uh, he starts off the verse saying, how you lose your bitch to a snitch. So uh, the girl that's that, that uh, 6 9 is dating right now used to be Anuel's girl. Uh, so I'm a one-man army. I never need a click. So he's making it clear that, yo, I don't give a fuck what you guys think. I'm on my own out here. I done came a long way from the bricks. I don't give a fuck. I'm making million dollars plays with these shits. So this this line is interesting because what he's essentially saying is that I don't care what you guys think about me working with 6ix9ine and, you know, a snitch. I made a million dollars off this feature. Who gives a fuck? I don't care. Now, a lot of people I've seen mixed response. I've seen people say, oh, Kodak's selling his soul out for a million dollars. Blah, blah, blah. I'm saying some people say, who gives a fuck? He, he got, you know, money from a rat, you know, so who cares? Let him get that million. It's a quick, quick play. Um, so there's both sides to it. There's some people clowning him. Some people agreeing with him. Uh, personally, I don't see any issues with anyone working with 6 9 I'm not a street guy. I don't give a fuck about the snitching. That has nothing to do with me, you know. And uh, if 6 9 ines story is true, I agree with what he did. If he actually did, you know, if the people were trying to turn on him and take money from him and take his girl and all that stuff, then, you know, I don't know, man. You get, If you've never been in that situation, you can't speak on it. So 99.9% .9 of us have never been in that situation. If we were in that situation, we can't say what we would do and what we wouldn't do because facing life is totally different when you're actually facing life. 
You know, we can talk right now and be like, ah, oh, if I wasn't facing life, nah, bro, you don't have the pressure facing life. So, anyways, going a whole track of that. Uh, he says, shit, it ain't shit. It ain't like we about to hit a lick. We going in on a verse. We ain't going in on a brick. Quit talking what you would do and some shit. Uh, it ain't no telling that was you and what you guys would have did. So he's basically saying, you know, like I just said right now, y'all can't talk about what you would do and want to do unless you're in that situation. He said, I got to eat. I'm missing business with the streets and my little girlfriend be wondering, be wondering a few million sounding sweet. I got to eat. I'm missing business with the streets and my little girlfriend be wondering a few million sounding sweet. Um, now this, this, this got changed a little bit on the original version. The engineer revealed that Kodak at the end was dissing six, nine. Uh, he said this, and let me play the song. It's kind of interesting. Let me skip a little bit of it. He said, I'm so raw, I got a bad bitch on me. I'm so raw, I got a rat giving me cheese. So he's dissing him, you know, calling him a snitch, a rat, and giving me cheese. That's pretty funny. So, uh, you know, I think 6ix9ine ine didn't really accomplish what he wanted. I think he, he wanted to get Kodak on a track with him to kind of solidify that, hey, people still fuck with me in the music industry. But Kodak's reversing it and being like, nah, like, I only did this because you gave me a million dollars for a feature. And I'm still going to clown you on the song, which is kind of, come on, 6ix9ine, you can't let that shit slide, man. If you recorded that shit and then, you know, I know he took it off, but the engineer revealed that shit with the quickness, which is crazy. So the song's actually pretty dope. It's doing great numbers. Uh, 6ix9ine responded uh, to the industry and basically said, I'm blackballed and I'm doing the same numbers as like Travis Scott. So let me actually see. Let me get the post up right now. It was interesting. Uh, and he always has this kind of play where he says, yo, like, you know, Travis Scott. Or he always says, I'm blackballed, blah, blah, blah. So he posted uh, the video views of his song with Kodak and then the video views of Travis Scott's song with Bad Bunny in the weekend. And they both have 5.4 million views, but 6ix9ine has, has it in one day. And Travis Scott had 5.4 million in two days. So he basically did what, what it took two days for Travis Scott to do. He did it one day. And then he said this in the caption, no shade post. This is just for people to be aware of the bullshit in real time. I am blackballed from all radio DSP playlisting that generates the majority of the simulated plays that give these artists. And I'm still here four years later after all the closed doors competing with the biggest artists in the world with these numbers organically. Uh, imagine if I had all the machines and push that give your favorite artists, no matter how you look at it and how mad it gets you, you have to expect success because the numbers don't lie. No corporation, no group, no agenda will outwork me. When everyone said I was done, God had different plans. God did. Uh, God, thank you, P.S. If you're going to comment something, being a hater, dig in your pocket real quick and comment how much money is in there. Matter of fact, you're going to lie anyway, so suck my, you know what? Uh, then he commented saying, no one knows how fake this industry is. For the people mentioning how Spotify and Apple streams, uh, for the people mentioning show Spotify and Apple streams, did you know the, this fact? Playlisting makes up for about 75% of artist streams. Not fake streams, but someone doesn't have to click your song as long as they enter the playlist. It automatically gives you a stream. So when you see them, number one on Apple or on Spotify, it's because your label is paying for that spot and that playlisting placement. Yeah, man, I think he's got a point there. I think a lot of streaming is manipulated. I think 
you know, the proof is in the pudding when these artists go and perform. They don't really sell out arenas. They don't do like we talked about this, I believe, on the last podcast. You have listeners and then you have consumers. And a lot of artists just have listeners. They don't have consumers. Consumers are the ones that go out, buy the tickets, actually look at the shows, all that stuff. That's where the real, real uh, audience comes from. Uh, those are your actual fans. Uh, the listeners are just casual fans that will listen, and that's it. They don't support any further. And, you know, every every platform has that. I have it on my own. I have casuals that just watch certain videos. That's it. And then I have actual people who follow me on social media, who watch everything that I drop. You know, that's so you have a, a, a different, you know, uh, a different balance of, of an audience. You know, some are loyal to, to the core and will literally go like I know a lot of people that I see consistently on my live stream. I see them on my podcast. I see them commenting every time. I know who all of you are when I see you guys pull up on the live. I say what's up because I know a lot of you are on there that I recognize. So you have people that are loyal, consistent, will watch everything you do. And then you got the casuals. So uh, six nine is right on that. You know, I don't know if he's boosting his numbers or not. I could, you know, I couldn't tell you on YouTube. It's kind of easy to tell, uh, especially if it's an YouTube. It's easy to tell when you're not that big of a person. Like for example, if I dropped a video, right. And I have the potential of doing this. I've done it thousands of times where I get a million views in a day. I've done that probably 20, 30 times at least. So I've never boosted my views, but when you have somebody that's smaller, uh, let's just say it, my Gearish documentary, let's just say it completely flopped. It did like 20,000 views in a month. That's like a complete flop. Like, you know, that's just garbage. And you, you know, with 20,000 views, you're going to get how many comments? Probably 20, 50, maybe 100 comments at best. But if you look at some of these videos, you'll see two, three, four hundred, five hundred thousand views and only like 50 comments. That's when you know it's boosted and like only a thousand likes. Or not even that, 500 likes or something crazy, you know. That's when you know it's boosted. You know, my video is at, what, 350,000 views and has almost it has 10,000 likes from what I know. So there you go. You can tell, you know, that, hey, this is a legit video, legit people liking it, legit people commenting. So that's where you can tell the difference. I don't know. I haven't paid attention to 6 9 stuff, but you can even spam comments. You can even find bots to do that. But that, you can clearly tell as well. If a lot of comments are the same, oh, my God, this is so fire. Oh, my God. You know, it's the same shit. You know, you'll, you you can also tell there, but a lot of numbers can be manipulated on YouTube too. So 6 9 saying like, oh, I'm doing all these numbers on YouTube. Yeah, I mean, we don't know if yours are 100% real as well. But this is why a lot of people pay attention to 6 9 It's the controversy. Even going back to the Kodak Black verse, the controversy, the clowning aspect of it, the interest in it is what got this song interested. The fact that Kodak's working with him got people interested. So this is kind of 6 9s um, 6 ix kind of strategy is to always get something to talk about, something about a song, something about something. So then people like us report on it, talk about it, stuff like that. So uh, I enjoy the track. Go ahead and check it out. I think uh, they both did their thing. But yeah, 6 9 is rubbing people the wrong way once again. It seems like the whole music industry is against 6 9 for snitching, mainly street guys. I don't understand how regular people are against 6 9 because he snitched. It's got nothing to do with us us regular people who are not gangsters, who have nothing to do in that lifestyle. I don't know why it affects people, but it has affected Boozy because Boozy is a gangster. We know that as well. He's been locked up. He's done his own time for a lot of different things. So Boozy's upset that Kodak Black has decided to work with 6ix9ine. Yes, 6ix9ine revealed on his Instagram that he has a new song coming out with Kodak Black, and there's a music video being shot for it. That is a surprise to a lot of people because... Kodak Black is street himself to be working with 6ix9ine. It's kind of like alienating yourself 
in the hip hop world because anybody that gets around six nine, it seems like people just don't fuck with them at all. So let's go over the article and see what's going on. Boozy Badass isn't happy about Kodak Black collaborating with six nine on a new single. The Baton Rouge rapper took to Instagram Live on Thursday, July twentieth to put Kodak on blast for working with Takashi, whose reputation as a snitch has made him a revealed figure in the rap world. In a disappointment rant, in a disappointing rant, in a disappointed rant, Boosie claimed the sniper gang boss has no morals or principles and stated he ain't no street guy as a result of the collaboration. Let's play the clip. That nigga, yeah, fuck me up. I wonder how all them Zoles feel, dog. I know them Zoles fucked up right now. I know the state of Florida fucked up right now. This nigga ain't got no Mars, don't gain no principles. Damn. Thought that little nigga would like that, bro. That nigga ain't no street nigga. At all. Fuck me up. Nigga hurt me with that one. Fuck me up. Give how much money you get. Yeah, Boozy sounds like a disappointed father in this clip. (laughs) It is hilarious, man. He is genuinely hurt at the fact that Kodak Black decided to work with 6ix9ine. Personally, like I said, I don't see no issues with it. I don't know why people are so... Uh, hesitant to work with 6ix9ine or against him so much. I feel like 6ix9ine makes somewhat great music. I like his aggressive sound. I'm tired of all these auto-tune, you know, mixed weak uh, voices that I hear a lot. That's just my opinion. I feel like when he adds that aggressive voice, it's dope, you know, so it gives me that old, you know, 90s Onyx feel um, So or DMX feel, that type of stuff. So uh, in my opinion, you know, that's dope, man. I like that Kodak Black went against the grain, doesn't care what people think, wanted to work with 6ix9ine, decided to work with him, doesn't care. He's probably going to catch a lot of backlash for it. There might be even artists that never work with him ever again. You know, I think it's stupid, man. I think, um, you know, I can understand the street guys from, you know, having an issue with it, but at the end of the day, you know, he didn't snitch on us. You know, what 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 he had going on against, you know, Treyway and everybody else, Shoddy and all of them, that's between them and, you know, uh, if you look at 6ix9ine's point of view, he has a great point as to why he snitched. And then if you look at Treyway's point of view, you know, they got their own great points. So, I don't know. To me, I'm in the middle. I don't really don't care. You know, I'm not for Treyway and I'm not for 6ix9ine. It just doesn't matter to me. I want great music. That's what the general public wants. So, anybody that's like, ah, 6ix9ine, I'm not going to bump him because he's a snitch. Makes no sense, you know. Um, you know, it's not like an R. Kelly situation. Like, R. Kelly is literally... You know, he's out here grooming little little girls. That's different. Listen to that kind of music. I don't, you know, some people can detach the art from the person. I personally can't do that. You know, I attach both of them. Uh, there were some little things that, you know, 6 nines a pedo here and there. But if you look at the videos, um, you know, it's hard to kind of make sure that that's a clear kind of concise thing. You know, with R. Kelly, it's very clear. So, um, yeah, man, let me know what you guys think of this. I, um... I, you know, personally, like I said, nothing wrong with it. I don't see anything wrong with it. I don't know why the music industry has been against 6 9 this whole time. I, you know, I think he's just cocky and it, it rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. And then when everything went cr- crumbling down, 
you know, and he stopped getting the hits, people just started clowning him. So, you know, Nicki Minaj worked with him, Kodak Black. So, yeah, there's no issues with that, man. Now, now Nicki Minaj is still getting features, still working with artists, so I don't see any issue with it. Well, it looks like the YNW Melly trial has been declared a mistrial. What does that mean and what is going to happen moving forward? The article says the mistrial was declared as of 2.12 p.m. Eastern on Saturday, June 22nd. And law and crime was on the scene to announce Judge John Murphy's shocking decision. A mistrial is basically when the jury can't decide if the person is guilty or not guilty. According to the outlet, the jury deliberated until 5 p.m. Eastern on Friday, June 21st, before breaking for the evening. They resumed deliberations on Saturday, June 22nd at 8.52 a.m. Eastern. Despite this constant deliberation, however, the jury could not reach a majority verdict. On Friday, July 21st, they sent a note to Judge John Murphy suggesting that they may be deadlocked since everyone in the jury seemed to have picked a side and cannot be swayed in their decision. They said this, what if we can't come to a decision? Everyone is stuck on which side they've chosen, read the note, which Murphy read out loud in the courtroom. A deadlocked jury is one that cannot reach a verdict by the required voting margin. In this case, with eight or more jurors agreeing on the judgment despite their best efforts. According to the Cornell University School of Law, judges will make every effort to avoid a deadlocked jury, often going so far as to demand what's known as the dynamite charge to force the jury to come to a verdict. There is no limit to how long a jury can deliberate for in any state of the union, but a mistrial will be declared at some point if all efforts to reach a decision are in vain. It is important to note, however, that YNW Melly will be retrialed now that the mistrial has occurred. So YNW Melly will remain locked up for the time being until there is a new trial. So clearly the defense did their job. The prosecutors couldn't get their job done because the defense had people swaying in the middle. The prosecutors tried to get people to sway to guilty. It just didn't work. Or you could say both of them failed at their job miserably because when you have a mistrial, it, the evidence just you know isn't swaying one, one or the other. And... I can see how that can be the case. There are some points where it can seem like Melly didn't do it, and there are some points where, yeah, it looks like Melly did it. You know, changing clothes after the shooting is certainly an indication that someone did something. Why would you change clothes after that? Another thing is the text. I did that. You know, that's kind of kind of suspect there. And then you got, you know, uh, YMW Melly hiding in a briefcase saying, I'm going to turn myself in. You know, there's a lot of different things that, you know, prosecutors were throwing in their way and defense was swaying it the other way. So uh, with this mistrial, we don't know how long it's going to take till we get another trial because it was a long time. Mind you, YNW Melly has been locked up since 2019. So it's been a minute, man. This guy hasn't been free for a while. So we'll see when this next trial comes in. It is a mistrial. So keep our eyes peeled. Okay, for those of you that missed the live stream, uh, I'm going to do a quick review of this Nas Magic 2 album. Like I said, I don't have a format of how I want to do these album reviews. I do want to find a good format and formulate it uh, and do it, you know, kind of uniquely to me. So, you know, I'm just going to do this review kind of whim, take it on a whim. I've listened to the album multiple times, so I have multiple listens under my belt. Uh, I do remember Magic, the first one. I haven't re-listened to that, but I do remember the album vividly. Uh, not, you know, every single song or every detail, but, you know, I can kind of do a great comparison. So... Overall, Magic 2, I'm going to give you guys my favorite tracks, my top three favorite tracks, and then I'm going to give you guys the three worst tracks. And what I mean by worst is not like they're terrible, all this shit is trash. I'm just saying, like, 
you know, compared to the album, if you had to compare all the tracks, these are the ones that I would listen to the least. That doesn't mean they're trash. That doesn't mean they're garbage. I don't want to, I don't want people to take it like that. Um, if I give it overall a rating of the album as a bad rating, then it is the album's garbage. Uh, that's, you know, every album has at least one good song on it if you're a decent artist. So my favorite tracks, and, you know, this one's not going to come as a surprise to you guys. Office Hours featuring 50 Cent. Obviously, Nas and 50. Love the track. Love the production. Love Nas. He completely demolished it. 50 had a good role going. I wish his verse was longer. I think Crooked Eye, uh, or King Crooked, whatever he goes by right now, um, he did tweet, like, I love the track, but I wish 50's verse was longer. And he said something that was interesting. He was like, you know, in today's day and age, you can literally edit the album. Like, if 50 wanted to extend his verse, he could do that right now. But he's on tour, so I doubt he'll do it. But if 50 wanted to extend his verse, he could do that. A lot of people were disappointed in 50's verse. They liked his flow. They liked what he was go talking about going in. And then he stopped and then just started rambling on, which was cool. I enjoyed that aspect. I like 50's shit talking. It's dope, but I do feel like the verse should have been a little bit longer. So that's the only kind of slight. So it goes on 50, doesn't really go on Nas. Um, I enjoyed that track. Uh, Motion is my other favorite track on this album. I really enjoy Motion. Great beat, great hook, great flow, great delivery, everything lyrically there. Um, and Pistols on your album cover, I enjoyed that as well. Those were my, my three favorite tracks on the album. Here are the three worst tracks on the album that I probably, uh, there's a few that I won't listen to probably that often. Uh, Urban Magic Johnson, I really wasn't a fan of that track. Uh, even on the live, I just wasn't a fan of it. Um, Slow It Down, pretty good. I enjoyed the track. It's not that it's a bad track, but I just don't see myself uh, repeat and listen to it. And uh, Black Magic. So those three tracks, they're not horrible. Like the worst out of all these, the worst. If I had to choose the worst one, it's Urban Magic Johnson. That's, you know... Number one, the worst track on the album. That's just my opinion. I'm not I'm not saying it's a bad track at all because the album overall is a great fucking album. Now, you have to think. Nas gets compared to his whole catalog, so the, the delivering albums like this that are still great, you know, you got to salute the motherfucking man. Nas is just on a fucking roll, bro. So, I out of, out of 10, so I, when I listened to it on live, I believe I gave it a 9, maybe an 8.5. I'm going to go a little bit lower. It is an 8 out of 10 for me, which is a great ranking. 8 out of 10 is great. I, do, I don't think it's his uh, best work out of this five-album run that he's had. I think it's probably King's Disease 2. I enjoy King's Disease 2 a lot out of all of them, out of all these, like these King's Disease 1, 2, and 3, Black Ma I mean, Magic 1 and 2. I think King's Disease 2 is the best one. But uh, it is a great album, man. 8 out of 10. That's, that's an amazing ranking. Um, you know, it just has like those little few tracks. I like that it's short. Uh, you know, you could tell Nas is still on his shit. Uh, the only feature that's actually on it is 50 Cent. The bonus track is the Nas one, so that's a bonus cut. It doesn't really count on the album because it was out a long time ago. So the only feature is 50, which is cool. Uh, yeah, that's kind of my, you know, album review process right now. I'm going to refine it better. I'm going to go over the lyrics as, you know, and kind of break down a little bit more. But that's, that's kind of what I feel about the album, 8 out of 10. Multiple listens. I listened to it, I believe, three times in full. I'm on my fourth kind of right now. So uh, I had to consume it a little bit more after the live stream. The next day I consumed it. The next, you know, I just kept listening to it. So uh, I found myself going back to those three tracks that I mentioned. Um, Motion, Office Hours, and then Pistols on your album cover. Those are the three, three tracks I kept going back to. So, uh, yeah, 
Nas, man, salute to you. Great fucking album. Uh, to be doing it this long for this, for this consistent uh, salute to you. So that is uh, part of the new music that came out is that Nas album. Uh, let's see. New music releases. I'm sorry. I, I should have had the list up. Uh, let's see. Uh, Burner Boy and Brian Masef. Taliban's 2, Flo Millie, uh, Spit Over the uh, Millie Beat, uh, Butterfly Q, Ice Spice, which people said she's throwing shade at Lotto. Damn, man, these, these females always get a bust with the beef. More than males. Males have become soft out here. They on some DJ Khaled. We, the, we are the world shit. Um, yeah, that's really about it. Joel Ortiz, uh, this is already out there. Yeah, so that's really about it for new releases. I'm seeing it right now. Yeah, could be wrong. Uh, the list isn't really isn't showing much, but uh, let's get into album sales. Let's see. Uh, I know I missed this last week. I don't know how I did or why. Just I know something about that episode felt off when I didn't do the album sales. Uh, Taylor Swift number one with one hundred thirty one thousand. This is I believe her second week. Uh, first week she did some crazy numbers. Uh, number two Morgan Wallen one thing at a time one hundred three thousand still doing one hundred thousand each each week. Number three, Peso Pluma, Genesis, 55,000. Number four, Taylor Swift, Midnight's, uh, 49,000. Morgan Wallen, number five, Dangerous the Double Album, 46,000. Taylor Swift, number six, with Lover at 45,000. SZA, SOS, and number seven, with 43,000. Number eight, Lil Uzi Vert, Pink Tape, with 40,000. Gunna, A Gift and a Curse, number nine, with 39,000. And Taylor Swift, Folklore, at number 10, with 33,000. Jesus. Taylor's got, let me see, one, two, Three, four of her albums in the top ten. This is ridiculous. Uh, Luke Holmes, number eleven, getting old, thirty-one thousand. Yeah, let me skip some of these. King Von Grandson debuted at number thirteen with thirty thousand copies. That's dope, man. Shout out to King Von. Pretty good album, and I listened to most of it. I enjoyed it. Low Dirk almost healed number eighteen with twenty-four thousand copies. Metro Boomin Heroes and Villains number twenty-one with twenty-four thousand copies. Drake Twenty-One Savage her loss number twenty-four with twenty-two thousand copies. A little TJ222. I haven't bumped this yet. I need to check this out. Debut at number 26 with 21,000 copies. That's pretty good. Um, Metro Boomin and Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, number 33 with 19,000 copies. Drake Certified Loverboy, number 39 with 17,000 copies. Lil Baby My Turn at number 43 with 16,000 copies. Drake Take Care, number 47 with 16,000 copies. I had a huge argument on Twitter about Drake uh, Take Care not being a classic. But we'll get into that in a whole. I'm gonna do. I might do a series where I'm just gonna go. What's what's a classic and what isn't a classic, or go over an artist catalog and talk about if a classic. I might do that. I'm gonna come up with something that's interesting on that. And I like to do more of these like top tens and more of these. Uh, you know what is a classic, what isn't a classic. I might come up with something with on the podcast where we go live and I literally debate you guys. I think that will be a dope idea. I don't think anybody's doing that in hip hop world. So if somebody steals this idea, you guys know that I've said it. It is July 23rd, 2023. This is Quake's idea. If somebody takes it, y'all know that I came up with the shit. I don't know anybody right now that's in the hip-hop YouTube world that is going live and allowing people to debate with them. Because, and here's why, a lot of y'all motherfuckers don't got a lot of knowledge in this hip-hop shit. Y'all be flaunt faking it, okay? Y'all be acting like you're fans of hip-hop, but you guys don't know squat shit. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm I'm gonna to admit to you guys, I don't know a lot about the 80s, but 90s, 2000s, 2010s and up, I know damn near a lot of shit. So 80s, I got to work on. I even got to work a little bit on 90s, but 
you know, my hip hop's pretty good. If I debate you, I can kind of go in history and stuff. So, uh, I might do that, man. Give me, give me, you know, give me some time. You know, there's a lot of ideas that I've always kind of had that I put on this like board and I just start, okay, when is the best time to do this? I got to figure out when to execute things properly because until it's fully refined, then I'm like, okay, let's do it. That's what happened with the Get Rich documentary. That's why it came out so great. It was a year in the making. I was like, okay, thinking about this, let's refine, let's do it like this. And then boom, that's how we got that. So these great things take time and I want to do it. I don't know if I'm going to do it on the podcast. I don't know. I might split it up and do it like on just a live thing randomly, like on a Friday every night or some crazy shit on a Wednesday every night. I don't know. But yeah, that's that's it for album sales. Uh, Young Thug Business is business at number 48, 15,000. I think I said that. I don't know. Uh, so shout out to Thugga Thugga. Uh, we'll keep our eye on his trial because a lot of this stuff has been crazy with these trials. Uh, yeah, that's it for the podcast today. Have an amazing night, day, whenever you listen to this. Stream us, Spotify, Deezer, Pocket Cast, all that YouTube you know the drill. We're going to be expanding to follow us on TikTok at Diverse Mentality, Instagram at Diverse Mentality, Snapchat at Diverse Mentality. We've been expanding, posting content consistently on there, which is going to help the podcast drastically, um, which is amazing. Uh, so, yeah, support on those platforms, social media. We're going to be starting posting on Twitter a lot, too, which is getting named. Twitter is getting changed as a name to X, which is a weird platform name, but I don't think anybody's going to change the name. Everybody's going to call it Twitter, I think. Changing it to X. Yo, we're going to be, I'm going to be posting on X today. Well, I just sent out an X. That makes no sense. I just sent out a tweet. That's better than fucking, I just sent out an X or, uh, yeah, it's just weird. Elon, Elon, I disagree with this. A lot of stuff I agree with Elon when it comes to Twitter, but this, anyways, you guys, you know, I can go on a whole rant about this shit. Uh, have an amazing night, day. We're going to listen to this and peace.